0: Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys,
1: welcome back to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I am Justin Oswald, the Executive Pastor of TC. Back again with me today is the Lead Pastor, Brad
2: Livingston. What's up, guys? Good to be back. Another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast, and uh Man, a lot of things going on right now, Justin. Just, just a little bit. I'm not bored. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not bored. That's, I'm not that's bored. The last sure. few days. Yeah, no, we've uh, we got a number of things going on, and 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 before we even get too far far into this, we'll go ahead and let the cat out of the bag because, uh, you know, some of our friend, uh, you know, some of our coaches have already started communicating with their teams, and and uh, you know, we we are, uh, we are officially going. Uh, online with our services this weekend we are aware of amc's closing uh, we had actually made this decision before amc um, sent out the information that we were that they were going to be closing their doors um, just for the sake of what's best for us as a team uh, our people as a church um, and so
1: and just knowing what's coming yeah and, yeah. and
2: it's and it's inevitable you know um, I, I don't I certainly don't want to like ignite fear in anyone's hearts, man. That's that's definitely not my, my goal. Uh, But I do think that things are, I don't think that things are going to get worse, but I do think that things are going to get more chaotic before they get better. So I believe more places are going to close. I believe more of those things are going to happen. So I don't think it's going to get like quote unquote worse. I don't think COVID-19 is going to, calls more whatever like you know i'm not saying those things i'm saying i think oh, they're there you go hey sorry i think the response uh of people is going to get a little more drastic um and therefore some of the ways that it affects society in our everyday life uh it's probably going to continue and so we're just preparing for that and so we actually have um you know we've been uh, strategizing quite a bit on what he, what does that even look like for us and and uh, honestly i'm kind of excited about I am t- what I, we're going to be doing you know i am so. too
1: cuz it's a, it's a mind shift right i mean obviously obviously um, it's being taken more seriously the sure. the coronavirus and i and i think that's good i think that um, you know i think erring on the side of caution is a good thing especially when you're talking about public health and you know even if even if w- you know, me and you are younger guys, you know, if we, if we got it, I think we would be okay. Sure, But that doesn't mean we can't transmit it to someone who can then transmit it to someone's grandma or or whatever. I think, I think, I think those things are smart. Um, you know, and it's, it's reminding, it's, it's, it's reminding us as the church that the church isn't a building. Yeah. It's not, it's not a place that you show up to on Sunday that it is us. And, um, it's, it's not, it's not unbiblical to, you know, to follow our, our leaders and play, you know, the people in authority who are saying things that and giving advice on what you should do. And then, and then, uh, following that, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially, um, when people are, or people are scared and, and, and unsure, you know, and, yeah. and we could still, we could still be the church, you know? So, yeah, no doubt. um, but it, yeah, I mean, I think it's for us. I mean, it's a good opportunity to, um, figure some things out as far as yeah, what yeah, does course. church look like when you can't all gather, maybe, you know?
2: Yeah, and, and uh, you know, and, and it's just like, you know, we talked about it a little bit last night in Pipeline, you know, is this idea that uh, every time there's a crisis, there's an opportunity for the church to make itself known. You know, we're, we're really stepping into, you know, similar to a post-9-11 type state Um where people are you know people are going to be looking for hope they're going to be looking for some answers and so we just want to make sure that we're ready and we're prepared and so we're we're making all those necessary adjustments right now um you know there's there's uh no shortage of questions to be answered you know and so um you know, what, what I would encourage all the dream teamers out there um, is we'll, we will be you know, getting information out uh, as, as quickly as we can. The one thing I don't like is I don't like knee-jerk whiplash-type reactions. Yeah. So most of our answers, uh, as you know, if you've been a part of TC for a while, most of our answers are, are pretty well thought through it's not something that we just kind of settle in on uh, and just keep issuing new statements we we want to watch things we want to observe we want to settle in um and so that's that's what we're doing now so we're going to be getting to pretty much any question you can think of we probably are, are you know contemplating the answers on we're just going to be making sure that uh we we get you the right answers and, and we're not constantly changing stuff so um You'll hear uh, from our social media. So if you're following us on on Facebook, Instagram, you'll get information there. We'll be sending on email soon. Um, all those things, but yeah, there's a. We're lot, not going to leave you in the dark. You 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 will, will hear, hear from dark. us. You will hear from us. I guarantee it. So uh, so yeah, it's 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 giving us the opportunity to look into things that um, honestly have been conversations for the last couple years. Yeah, you know, last year and a half or so, we've been having some conversations about how to how to, uh, enhance change, improve, um, what it looks like to be a church that's online. And, uh, and so this is actually kind of just put the throttle down on some of those conversations. So, I'm
1: excited about it.
2: Yeah. It's going to be good. So, um,
1: we, we were in a good series right now.
2: We are in a good series and, uh, the sushi sex and subtitles and, uh, you know, we we hit on this idea uh, of uh, this past Sunday. We really talked about sex, uh, and we said it a lot in the sermon. Sex? No, sex. No, you you said it. Well, a lot. that's true. I said. It. I don't know if you said it at all while I was preaching.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you said it a lot.
2: Um, but we, yeah, we got a chance to talk about sex, and 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 you know, I think it's so funny because in the church world, we do a terrible job talking about this. Um, we do a terrible job talking about it with single people. We do a terrible job talking about it with married people. We just do, we don't do a good job talking about it. And and we kind of open up the, uh, Sunday mornings. We kind of open the sermon talking about kind of the different categories that we've put sex in, Mm -hmm. um, over the years, you know, and so we talked about like the diminished, uh, a diminished sex, which is like a category where particularly in the church world, you know, you kind of grew up in a lot of people had, had two different approaches to it. So the first one was either like, you know, it was just ignored completely. Like we just don't talk about it. We're never going to talk about it. Uh, you know, it's uncomfortable. And so we don't want to, we don't want to mention it. Um, the second category is the one where they just treat it like it's disgusting, you know? So. It's like, it's filthy, it's dirty, it's terrible. Save it for the person you love. You know, it's like, well, that's great. So, uh, but it has created this (laughs) like whiplash feeling, especially in young people that get married, you know, and that's what we were talking to a, a couple uh, after church Sunday. And they were talking about that. They've been married for some time, but, but they were talking about remembering growing up in church and that whiplash feeling of like, no, it's terrible. No, it's terrible. No, it's terrible. Right. And then in, in a 30 minute service and signing your name on one piece of paper, now it's great. You can have it all you want. And it's like, that, it, it it's hard to make that mental shift because a lot of times in churches, we paint such a bad picture of what it is, you know? Um, and, in what we, started working on on Sunday morning. It's just the, when it's in the right guidelines, you know, what, what it looks like. So, so we had talked about diminished sex. Um And we talked about, unrealistic sex (laughs) and you could hear people in the (laughs) you could hear people in the congregation like where is he going with this uh and it wasn't so much like expecting something from your spouse you know and, and having an unrealistic expectation of it as much as it's more about having just a general unrealistic expectation of what sex is supposed to do in a relationship so um you know the lie that sex is the Mount Everest it's the apex. It's the, it's the grand thing that makes all relationships right. And well, um, that, you know, if, if you have good sex, then everything else is good. And it's like, that's not, that's not it either. You know, um, you know, and even this idea that if we, if we step into sex, um, without understanding that it's supposed to be something bigger, like it's supposed to be something, um, that's, uh, because if we step into sex, in marriage, the biblical understanding of what sex is for, um, then there's blessing for that. And we get into that in a little bit. But if we don't do that, we've really kind of put it on a um, an, a pedestal that can't be fulfilled. Like we're expecting something out of it that it can't supply. Um, and so we kind of talked about the three Things I think you have them there, Justin. That yeah, unrealistic the, sex. Yeah, it,
1: it leaves us disappointed.
2: Yep. So it leaves us disappointed because we're looking to great fulfillment out of a thing that that can't meet that. Right. Right. And then
1: it leaves us damaged.
2: Leaves us, yeah. So, uh and I mean, we can all think of people now that have and their current relationship is bad because of what happened in their last one. You know, and it's like they are going after sex to fix something, in it and it kind of messes them up even worse.
1: And then, yeah, it leaves us disconnected.
2: Yeah. And I think that really, that, that one's kind of triggering on this idea of shame. You know, we kind of tackled that from a couple different areas and a couple different sides uh, on Sunday. This idea that uh, we feel disconnected from God. We just feel disconnected from God's people when we're doing something that we, we know we shouldn't be doing. You yeah. know, uh, and, and I say that not like shame on you, but, but more along the lines of like self guilt, you know what I mean? Like self shame. Like, so, uh, and, and for many of us, we did grow up in Christian circles where if, you know, if the church found out we were having sex or have had sex before we got married, you know, it's like all hell breaks loose and, you know, you, you know, and I do believe that you have to deal with those things. Um, I do believe particularly when you're talking about leadership and like all those things, right. I think there's a place for all of that. um, but w- I'm, we're more so talking about what it does to you as a person is it causes you to disconnect from God and God's people when you're stepping into areas that you just shouldn't be in yet. Um, and so that's that tends to be what happens. Um, then we talked about secularized sex. Um, and it's, it's this idea that uh, sex is just a, another great experience, like eating at a good restaurant. It's
1: transactional.
2: Strictly. Yeah. Not relational, not emotional, not spiritual, just...
1: Not emotional?
2: Yep. Just, yeah.
1: And, and you know, I think, I mean, there's a lot that is a contributing factor to that. You know, our one is just our, our our current culture with everything that is, movies and music even. You know, yeah. like I've yep. always been, and I know you are too, like a big hip-hop fan. Yep. Love like rap music, but I mean, let's be real... Oh, it's, it's, I mean, it's it's pretty degrading. Um, when you, even you don't, you don't even realize, like you listen to old songs. Like I don't listen to much of that. Like, like I used to, um, uh, you know i'm like a yeah, the talk co- radio and podcast in my car now but yeah. <laughs> like you listen to old music and it's like you don't really What was really, I listening to? You don't to? even realize what yeah. they were you know um but you know that all that desensitizes i i, I think on some level and yeah, for sure. and then the the the, the movies the, even movies that are are funny and ones that i've you, you know you, you you love from a comedy standpoint you can look at and um i mean the the accessibility of porn for for anyone not just young people but young people something women deal with too and and all these things i mean it's very much it's very much transactional
2: yeah yeah And, and even that study you know we talked about it on sunday from 2017's usa today survey where they they were studying millennials and millennials said that they would essentially the long and short of it is like they're good having sex on a first date but they're not good having conversations like in other words like they're better at having they would mo- they feel like sex is more intimate uh than a first date is you a know the conversations is- of a first date oh, got- gotcha you know what i'm saying so it's like i would rather a first
1: date is more intimate
2: right essentially yeah, yeah, they're like yeah. on a first date we would rather like right, right just right. meet up somewhere and go and, and go have sex but to sit down at a dinner table and have a conversation about who i am and where i come from that's way too intimate but sex isn't it's like Well, you know,
1: I was, I was watching something or listening to something recently and it was talking about even the idea of uh, what, what plays into that is you, and I think you mentioned it Sunday is things even like Tinder, right? Which these dating apps, which some of them I think have a negative connotation, which maybe isn't always true for everyone on it, but essentially your pick, you pick people you like just based off of pictures alone yep right yep um and then and then you know if they they like you back maybe you start talking but it's like a, a text you it's over text right and then mm-hmm. you end up meeting up or whatever and a lot of times you know they the negative connotation of things like tinder is like it's a hookup app yeah. which uh, surely surely world, is i mean used that way yeah um but what what i was listening to was talking about how people our age group and younger um specifically is like they don't even know how to do certain like the, the idea of ghosting right like when you you some some people date for like two three months and then when when one of them's like ready to break up they don't even know how to have the conversations they just stop responding
2: yeah that's crazy just
1: just just no more responding to text or so you get blocked and it's like imagine what that does to the other person number one but yeah. it's like this whole world this whole idea of
2: everything is just well and especially if you've entered into a physical yeah relationship you know which
1: which surely after sure, three yeah. months of the secularized world that you know yeah. that that that's what's happening you know sure, it's of like course. it's just um where our culture is it's like those are what's what's been elevated to important and what's been you know what's no longer seen as that important is cra- is crazy to me
2: yeah Yeah, no doubt. And so we then we kind of went on, you know, we spent a good chunk of Sunday talking about what does it mean to have glorifying sex (laughs) and uh, glorifying in that, you know, what does good, biblical, godly, pure pleasurable sex look like right um detached from shame detached from sin like from any of those things like what does that look like uh so we and we kind of like just went on the journey i mean the the long and short of it is like god made it and he made it good you know um so this isn't some like man-made thing you know what i mean like we we look at genesis 128 you know where god's like be fruitful and multiply like he's talking to adam and eve after a man made man and woman he's like all right go do your thing you know like um have at it and you know do it do it a lot you know like he he said it's a good thing
1: they didn't have netflix back then and there was yeah so so it
2: was just chill (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) so uh so yeah he kind of sends them on this on on a on uh a mission to be fruitful, multiply. In other words, have sex, have it a lot, have kids, you know, um, and so, in that, uh, you know, sex wasn't some wicked plan built in the pits of hell, right? Like it wasn't like the enemy wasn't like, ah, I've got this thing that's going to cause them to whatever. Like that—that that was not the point of sex. But in churches, we treat it that way, you know. And it's like we and we've painted the pictures in people's minds that cause them to think that way, you know. And and I shared the story of my, you know, uh, a friend of mine grew up in church. Him and his him and his uh, fiance, uh, so they dated, got engaged got married um, and they were married for six months and for the whole six months every time they would try to have sex she would have a, a, a kind of an emotional breakdown she would start crying all of those things because she couldn't stop feeling so terrible about it um, and after nine months they ended up getting a divorce you know um, and the thing is it's like man how bad of a job has the church done in a situation like that yeah. now that's not every church but it, like but <laughs> wherever a good she chunk was of, yeah <laughs> and, a, and a good chunk of them you know what i mean like you know how many how many people how many kids grew up in student ministry but only heard what sex actually was from their public school system you know so it's like and, and, and oof, i'm gonna say this oh this be good <laughs> i'm gonna say this but i i'm being careful with it You know, is we ever, the churches and Christians and all that, they want to take the, what the public school system is teaching our kids about sex out of the school system. And I don't disagree with that to an extent, um, so they're saying, like, man, we don't need to be teaching our kids, you know, to use condoms. We don't need to be, te- we don't like we, we don't need to be doing that. We don't need to be teaching them this is what sex is. We they like, you know, um, we don't need to have Planned Parenthood in charge of teaching our kids about sex. It's like, all right, I don't disagree with that. If you're going to take up the mantle to be in charge of actually talking to them about sex,
1: that's whole. You, you lost a man.
2: <laughs> right? So it's like so. I'm cool. I'm cool saying these people shouldn't yeah. be doing it, but where are the ones that should be doing it? Right. Um, yeah,
1: how dare you teach my kids about stuff? All right, great. What, what's your plan? Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. It reminds uh, me, uh, it reminds me how, we had a f- couple families in our church at one point in time. And, and, uh, and so, uh, my dad and myself were standing there talking with these other two men, right? Both of them are fathers. Um, in the church, you know, been saved a long time. And I'll never forget one of them. Uh, his youngest son came running up into the the circle and he was young. He was probably like maybe eight or nine at the time. So not really young, but young, you know? Um, so he's, he was probably eight or nine at the time and he comes running up and he was just leaving kids church. And he was saying it wasn't about sex. He was, he was just leaving kids. And his dad said, what did you learn today? And he's like, we learned about David and Goliath. And he's like, man, you just started learning about David and Goliath. Uh, And he's like, yeah, we just started talking about it. The dad said that the dad said that in other words, like, man, you should be farther along than that. And the other dad in the circle was like, my kids learned about David and Goliath at home. Like, yeah, I didn't need the church to teach them that. Let's go ahead. I taught them that. Let's
1: go ahead and say (laughs) this. Let's just lay this out there. Oh boy, to parents. Parents, if you're a parent, listen up. What we do in the church is supposed to supplement what you do with your kids at home. Right. We can't change in an hour a week with your kid or your teenager in a student ministry the 167 hours a week that they are in an unhealthy environment or a non spiritual one.
2: Yeah. And, and let's add on top of that, most of the kids, at least in our church, most of the kids in our church go to a public school system, which That's means right. they are getting, you know, what is it, six, seven, seven hours a day times five. They're getting 35 hours a week of intentionally, like, on the verge of demonized curriculum, right? Like, there is a secular... Uh, attempt on the mindsets of kids in the public school system. And I'm not judging any parents for that. I do believe that parents need to be looking at more private and homeschool options for the kids in the church. I do believe that needs to happen. I don't believe that we're there yet as as an institution of a church. So not transformation church, but the church as a whole uh, nationwide and worldwide. I don't believe we've created enough solutions for parents. So, I'm, there's a lot of greats there, right? I am saying parents need to be looking at that. My nieces, they all go to public school system. So I'm not, certainly not bashing that. What I am saying is they spend 35 hours a week in a school system that is intentionally trying to teach them anti-biblical norms. So if you are not active in teaching them biblical norms that the church then supplements, we are fighting a losing battle, right? right? <clears throat> exactly so, right. It, so, it, it, I, yeah, I agree with what, what, what you're saying. We are
1: supplemental to you in your household.
2: Yeah, so if you ain't teaching the Bible in your house, we ain't. Dro- not, dropping them
1: off that youth group
2: ain't, ain't, ain't finna, finna do it. Them. They're not gonna stop having N- sex just because you drop them off on a Wednesday night. No, sir. Not you know
1: what's happening? so interesting? I was thinking about this and I'm almost careful to say it because I don't want it to look like I'm painting a bad picture on anyone. If anyone, anyone that knows any details farther other I'm going to say, but it's like, man, even the, the, the idea of like sex and teaching kids about it and like teenagers and, and in the church world, so much of that to me, it's, it's like, um, you were in student ministry a long time is like when it comes out that there was a teenager and his girlfriend or her boyfriend or whatever, and kind of right. comes out a lot of times. When the parents get involved, or they know it's the parents get caught, whatever. Right. There's a there's a bit of a sweeping under the rug, sometimes, and I feel like it's a it's an appearance thing for yeah, the parents.
2: Maybe. maybe I think it depends on who the who the student is.
1: You know. Yes, of course. Yeah. But um, I feel like sometimes it's an appearance thing of it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, and then it happens in your household. And then it's like, well, let's just kind of let's just make this go away. Let's, yeah, it's like, yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: No, on. I mean, we were always the ones that kind of dealt with it head on. You know what I mean? Uh, and and if, particularly when I was in student ministry, you know, we kind of dealt with things head on. Uh, if we found out two kids, you know, two teenagers were like, we're we're having a meeting. We're meeting with the parents. We're doing the stuff. Like we're we're talking. You yeah. know, we're gonna we're gonna try to do this. But you're right. I mean, by and large, that's the the response for most people. And, and- Go ahead.
1: Well I was just saying and there's such a fine line too I mean yeah, of course it, we don't certain, like the, you, it's like it's like up. You, you mentioned like condoms and what they learn in school it it's such a fine line because I think I think the kids in the church need to know that a condom exists. sometimes I think though the the misconception is just talking about it is almost like encouraging them to do it. But it's like, man, if if a kid it does mess up and is going to, right. I want them to know that there's things and precautions that they need to take for their safety, so they don't end up with the kid. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I and I'm not ad, I'm not speaking on behalf of TC right now. I'm just saying, I, and I I don't necessarily know that I know where the line is. There is a line of like, man, we're teaching teenagers specifically that mm-hmm. I think they need to know that condoms exist out there and what they're for. But that's also not advocating that you go use them. Of course, and it's, it's, it's saying you can
2: just do whatever you want. Well, of course. I mean, it's it's it, you know we're we're trying to essentially what we're saying is we we need to create solutions to potential problems while we're trying to fix bigger problems, right? I mean, one of the reasons why kids are having sex at such a high level, uh, number one, is the church does a terrible job talking about it. Uh, number two, sin exists in the world and it's something that God created and it's good and they want it before they should have it. Um, uh, we can talk about fatherlessness in homes. The I don't remember the percentages because these studies were from when I was a student pastor, but you know, I think it was like 90-something percent, 90-something percent, like 96, 97. Seven percent of the kids who were polled, all the kids that did wait till marriage or were planning on waiting till marriage, had a father in the home. Take the father out of the home; there's no one there to lead. You know what I mean? Like so. So you're talking about like really big issues, um, which then talks about the polarizing number of kids in minority and low-income communities who are making these decisions differently than kids that are in you know more affluent neighborhoods uh, that are making better decisions because the father. Like so, you really start to compound issues here. But the reality reality is as the church the responsibility that we have you know is not to talk about the dangling carrot you know what i mean like you know essentially what a lot of churches do a lot of their approach to it is like here's sex you know but don't have it you know it's like when's the last time telling a kid not to do something worked like you know so (laughs) go into our teenagers and be like don't have sex like what you might as well have just like invited them to you know go have it whenever they want like that doesn't work it never has um so I believe what we do have a responsibility to is to start, uh, training, developing, teaching, educating our kids on what it looks like to walk out the Christian journey with a healthy theological understanding that I need to love God more than I love anything else. And the things that God wants to give me, he'll give me in due time, even marriage, which gives me sex, um, and, and start driving our kids to just love the Lord that much more. Um, and, you know, stop trying to convince them not to do something uh because that's that's just that's never worked you know um right. but convince them to love something more than they think they'll love that thing um and and lead them to lead them to jesus for that and I know it sounds very like you know christian t-shirt cliche but i mean that's really the only <laughs> answer is to to disciple our kids well and you're right when they do mess up like most of their parents did, (laughs) you know, like not be like bamboozled and like, oh my God, you know, like, um, but to love them through that and nurture them through that and, and, uh, and, and be available. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it it is important. And that's the thing, you know, it's like, even for us, we kind of had to make the call on this past Sunday. It's like, we're going to be talking about sex a lot. I'm comfortable with the high schoolers here in that conversation. We're not comfortable with the middle schoolers here in the conversation, you know, so we had something available for the middle schoolers because we just Right. Trying to use some wisdom here. Like there's no, we don't need to pique their interest more than we have to. Like, so, and in attempts to try to tackle this, we don't need to like go out of our way to cause more damage either. Right. So, uh, so it's just being aware of, of, of some of those things. So it's good. But in that conversation, you know what I mean? Like we, we talked about this idea that uh, everything that God has given us is, is everything, every gift God has given us should drive us to the giver of the gift, but not to the gift itself. And so we talked this idea that sex isn't bad. It's just built to exist within a certain parameter. Like, so you like, like kind trying to completely destroy this mindset that sex is bad. Um, Sex is good. Sex is good. (laughs) Um, It's just supposed to, exist within a certain parameter um you know we talked about the fence analogy and and all of those things and and some of the stuff we're just kind of breezing through but go back and watch the sermon and, and you can grab a hold of some of the truths there um but that that uh you know essentially if we're behind a fence you know Uh, and sex is on the other side of the fence it's a field to be enjoyed not a cliff to fall cliff to fall off of even though that's Mm -hmm. how many parents pastors teachers paint it like don't fall off that cliff it's going to lead to death and destruction and it's like well it very well could it might just lead to like you know uh, emotional damage or you know (laughs) something like that you know yeah um you know, which could, could lead to bigger things. But at the end of the day, really, the, the thing is, is what if we just painted the picture differently? And what if we talked more about when you go venturing out into the field, you're not supposed to be in, what are you leaving behind that you actually need more of? The blessing of God, the favor of God, the calling of God, you know Well,
1: I mean? a lot of times what I think we see is it's a symptom, not the problem. Right, 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 right. You of know, um, especially when you, if, if whatever that study is with fatherlessness or, you know, you take, you take, uh promiscuous people there's usually an issue somewhere deep down right you know whether it's a parent like identity a father issue, issue an yeah, identity yeah, yeah. issue Value. a major major hurt somewhere um you know sometimes it's been in cases of like rape or incest like or molestation as a kid like whatever the case is mm-hmm. um and then it, it it begins to manifest as a teenager or later or whatever and then a lot of times it's you know just promiscuous and yeah that's the symptom it's uh, it's a symptom not the problem yeah. You know, so like, if it, if all it was was like, well, just stop doing that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's exactly. why that's why the conversation is much bigger than than just don't have just don't do it.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and and that's where we kind of talked about this idea that, um, you know, what happens when we step into sin, and, and sin doesn't just the, in this particular the graphic that we use it doesn't have to be um, sex necessarily. The sin could be anything, but how sin leads to shame because we're shameful, we keep our secrets because we don't want other people to know our secrets. Right. And so, and then our secrets leads to solitude. So we find ourselves isolated, um, because we don't want, we don't want to be close to God because we're shameful. We don't want to be close to people because we have secrets. So we stick, like come into a place of solitude. Well, that solitude leads to more sin. Right. Um, and this could be an addiction problem. This could be anything. This isn't just set aside for sex. This, this, uh, kind of step-by-step process of what happens when we step into sin and I believe that's the enemy's great tactic it always always has been since Adam and Eve right he, he calls them to sin and then what do they do they hide themselves well why because they're shameful they have this secret so they're hiding right so in solitude they're trying to be away from God and that's the enemy's great tactic right is not just to make us sin more but to make us come away from God um and so and we, we're talking this idea that, like, I mean, you got to break that cycle at some point. You've got to get out of your secrets, expose what you're going through, uh, and let people help you through that. Let God get rid of your shame. You know, stop the sin, pro- you know, this this revolving door of sin, shame, secret, solitude, sin, which leads to more <laughs> sin, shame, secrets, right. and solitude, right? So really tearing that down. So um, because sex is good, but even what we talk about Sunday, the right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, And so like, we just need to be, we need to be waiting on marriage, um, you know, and, and we should delight in it when we're able to have this gift that God gave us within the confines of that, that in which he gave us. Right. Um, You know, and one of the things that we didn't get a chance to mention on Sundays, uh, but you know, this idea that a whole version of you will never be found in the bed of somebody else. You know, it's like for so many of us, we're, we're going after sex on our own. We're hopping the fence, we're chasing a person. Um, and we're connecting ourselves to the most damaged parts of other people looking for that to make us whole. It's like, man, a whole version of you will never be found in the bed of someone else. Um, and because when you're, you know, we said on Sunday, when you have sex with someone, you're unified with their spirit. And I don't think people grab a hold of that enough. Um, you know, like. The conversations around that and the teachings around that, you know, is that, you know, when when God gave Adam and Eve the direction, he said the two become one flesh. In other words, you know, two people have sex. They become one in that moment, right? So the marriage doesn't unify them, right? Sex is what unifies them. The marriage is the covenant. The sex, sex is the act of unification. So the marriage is the covenant of unification. Sex is the act of unification. The unified become one. Um, and what happens is when we have sex outside of marriage, we're becoming one with people that we're not in covenant with. Therefore, it's it becomes unhealthy and destructive to us um, because we get unified with spirits. And I can tell you, man, we could I could rattle off a list of people that I've watched uh, come in the doors one way and have a sexual uh, lifestyle with someone and they take on the attributes of that person. That person is a manipulator, and they become a manipulator because they're sleeping with a manipulator. Uh, that person is, uh, you know, a, a narcissist, and they become narcissistic because they're taking on the spirit of narcissism. Like, and you can just go down like people that have never struggled with a pornography issue, but they sleep with a guy who has a pornography issue, and now they take on. The, they never struggle with an addiction to this, and then they uh, have sex with that with someone that has that addiction, and now it like joins with their spirit. Like time and time again, and you're not just unifying like sex isn't just making you connected emotionally it's also connecting you spiritually to that person good or bad and we need to understand like the weight that exists in that space because so many people don't understand what they're doing to themselves and there are people that are walking around with spiritual attachments to people they slept with 10 20 years ago and can't figure out why they can't shake this anxiety this depression this addiction you know um and it's really started to shape who they are um, and so we really had to, have to break that down and start dealing with That's why I told everyone's like, man, and if you're, if you're one of these people get into a freedom group next semester and start no dealing with, some, start yeah, dealing no with some of that, uh, cause it's there, you know, so
1: the freedom groups are key for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and essentially, you know, we, we kind of wrapped up the sermon talking about your new life is found in surrendering the old one, That's right. you know, in, in this idea of surrender. So for those like letting everyone know like we're not beating up on people who have slept with someone and had sex outside of marriage. What we're trying to do is show you that there's hope even for that. Right. So even if you, if you messed up, you know um, and, and we even showed the, you know, we talked about the graphic, the sin, shame, secret, solitude. We showed another graphic, where you know where sacrifice covers up that sin and sureness covers up that shame and security covers up those secrets and salvation covers up your solitude and those things lead us back to the lord constantly um, you know, cause the salvation gives us an assurance and we come back and worship because of the sacrifice, which gives us more assurance, which gives us more security, uh, which gives us a more appreciation for our salvation, which gives us more worship for the sacrifice. And so we can actually step into a whole new cycle, a whole new pattern of, of delighting in the Lord. Yeah. If we'll stop looking to get our delight from physical attraction, stop trying to get our delight from sex and start getting our delight from the Lord married or single, um, and let that become the thing we're going after. Uh, and then when God opens the door for us to experience sex, it' great, you know. Right. So just trying to trying to tear that down. That's good. Just on that a little bit. So that was Sunday. It's a good day, um, and ha- we've been getting great feedback on Sunday. Great feedback on the series, uh, and so we're we're excited about how people are have been able to continue to grow their understanding and and all those things. So it's been good. Absolutely. So
1: what part are we in next week? This uh, upcoming?
2: That, that is something we're actively working on with all stuff going oh, the stuff. Oh, all right the now. changes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, and,
1: and, uh, I just got a message from, from, um, from John, we'll, we'll end the podcast uh, for our podcast listeners. We'll continue on Facebook. There okay. was an issue with the good. live stream, uh, so to appreciate you guys uh, tuning in, listening to us today, um, checking back with us every week for the follow podcast. We appreciate it if you're listening to us on uh, on the podcast. Man, like, review, rate, all those things. Um, and for those of you who join us each week on live stream, we appreciate you guys. You can find us more, <clears throat> find out more about us. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wow, there it is at uh,
2: At (laughs) transformationchurch.com you can go to transformationchurch.com find out more about us at Transformation Pensacola on Facebook or Instagram absolutely see you guys All right, guys appreciate it we'll catch you next week for another sermon uh, another week another sermon another follow up podcast later
0: thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow up podcast it would mean so much to us if you would subscribe like and review on iTunes you get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore and at Brad Livingston underscore. You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at follow up at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.